This is episode 115 of Bella in Your Business. The next series is going to be a bunch of interviews with amazing pet sitters that I know that will also motivate and inspire you and your business. From time to time, I interview incredible pet sitters who have been through or faced some really amazing challenges that have inspired me, therefore I know will inspire you. If you know of anyone who has an amazing story to share, who is a pet sitting or dog walking business owner, I'd love to hear from you. Just go ahead and email me at Bella at Jumpkins. Consulting.net. Until then, enjoy this next episode. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready, Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta from Jump Consulting. And today I have Carrie Wallach with me. She is a pet sitter in Florida and she is the owner of I Care for Pets. And we've known each other for quite a few years now, I think. And Carrie's story has just been really interesting and inspiring to me as I've seen her grow and change through so many different life changes. And I really wanted to bring her on here because I know there's many people out there listening that are going to connect to your story today, Carrie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be a part of the show. Yay. Why don't we start from the beginning? Why don't you tell me where you're located and what made you start this business? I am just outside of Orlando. I'm in Longwood. So it's a little suburb outside of Orlando. Um, and I was a teacher for eight years and I wanted to get out of teaching and I didn't know what to do. So I figured, let me find a way to use my passion for animals and live off of it. (laughs) (laughs) So after going on vacation a few times and using my brother to take care of my dogs, I thought, you know what, there's gotta be a way to be able to find someone or give this service to people because it just wasn't working with my brother. And I knew that wasn't working for a lot of people using family to stay over. I needed to be able to trust someone and I wanted to be able to provide that to people. Awesome. And so how did you get started? Did you start putting flyers up? Did you get a website? Like how did that all work? Yeah, I started kind of like, I mean, it flipped in like less than two or three months, but just the community websites, community Facebook groups, there was a big one. We had, I think, 15,000 in my community Facebook group that I was in and the other town I was in. Yeah, it was big. So started on that and then Thumbtack and just kind of grew from there. I, you know, word of mouth became big. Now I moved and I started my own community Facebook group because I didn't have one where I went. And I was like, well, this is how I'm making my business. I need to create my own. So yeah, I made my own Facebook group and we're now at 3,000. It's not so big, but I mean, I literally, I just got three clients from it yesterday, from yesterday to today. So it definitely helps. <laughs> Monetize those Facebook groups, a girl after my yeah. own heart. I could talk about that for days, in fact. <laughs> so when it started growing, you were running around by yourself. Tell us about kid-wise and like home life-wise and where you wanted to go and how you wanted to grow this. So at the time I had, gosh, he was eight at the time, eight-year-old stepson, which I met when he was six. So it was pretty new having a kid and he was big. (laughs) He was already, you know, eight years old. So I first started trying to do substitute teaching, you know, and doing this on the side while I built, because it's hard building up a new business, having no money coming in. That lasted like two months. And then I went on, even though I wasn't making nearly the same, my visits were in the middle of the day. So I had to give up substitute teaching because I just, I couldn't do them both. Uh-huh. So I was able to 
even a year later, just start taking over summers with him, helping him out, you know, taking care of him when he wasn't in camp and kind of working my schedule around it. And it's just kind of shifted over time. I mean, it, it was hard at first trying to balance the work and, you know, being there after school or taking them to school and things like that. And then I knew I wanted to have another one, you know, a baby. I wanted to start with a little one. And so we looked into trying and then we ended up adopting a little baby in October uh, last year. So nine months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's bring it back. So when you were, you left the substitute job, you said, you know what, I'm going to do this full time and I'm really going to grow it. Started that Facebook community. It sounds like, right. What were your days like at the time? You it was know, really hectic. I was putting about 500 miles a week on my car because Whoa. we were living in one city. We were temporarily moving to my house in Orlando while we bought the house in the city that I'm in now. So we had three houses, you know, two more moves. So I was taking clients where I currently lived, where I was moving to temporarily and where I was going to be moving to in the end, because I knew that that was going to be my base area. So I was driving, like I said, about 500 miles a week. It was insane. I mean, I was gone from seven in the morning, sometimes until 10. I mean, which is what a lot of pet solo pet sitters have to go through, but just driving back and forth. I mean, I spent, I didn't even have that many clients. I spent my whole day driving just because I was spread so thin, but I knew that I needed to build where I was going to be moving to. I mean, I couldn't keep, you know, staying. They, they were almost an hour apart. So wow. I definitely, that's a long yeah. time. It, it, oh is, it is, it is. But so I how- made a lot of connections at that point. I met a lot of other pet sitters in other areas because I was in so many different areas. So, you know, they were using me as additional help sometimes and I would use them if I couldn't get back, you know, it was, we definitely made a lot of connections that way. And I also learned real quick, that is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be very precise in my area because that was, that got old quick. <laughs> what <laughs> about it got old? Quick. What about it got old for you? Like Just the driving, I mean, that the, moment. the driving. Mm-hmm. It the driving back and forth, the rushing between clients. You know, you're trying to cut it right to the exact moment so that you can get to the other one 25, 35 minutes away. And mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be. That was why I got out of teaching too. Once it becomes something that's so stressful mm-hmm. that you're not able to enjoy it. So I was like, I'm definitely going to keep my clients in one area because I don't want to cut off what I'm doing, the quality of service. That really hit home for me. I had a client that called me, a potential client, and they lived in an area that I had serviced before in downtown Orlando, which was 35 minutes on a good day. And I mean, she lived in a high rise. She was willing, she told me she'd pay me anything. She didn't care. And I told her I couldn't. I'm like, gosh, I would love to go visit your penthouse at the top of like, you know, the 20th floor and a high rise in the big buildings there. That would be awesome. But uh-huh. I, t- you know, I explained to her, like I explained to everybody now, it's not worth it for anybody, no matter the pay, because I would be cutting everybody else short. I'd be yeah. cutting her visit short. I'd be cutting my guy's visit short. So I used my network that I started, my pet sitting network and found a suitable pet sitter that would work. But that's when I realized like, I am not going to be cutting my visits, you know, the quality of my visits for trying to drive all over the place. And I needed to be able to get more done in less time as opposed to less done in more time. So that's when I started to really get smart about my scheduling and my area. 
So it sounds like the first step that happened was you were like, enough is enough. I'm not really enjoying this anymore. I need to cut back in the way of cut back where I'm driving everywhere all around creation. And given yours was because, you know, you were kind of moving and stuff. But I think a lot of pet sitters, when they first start, they want to say yes to everyone. So regardless of how many places they're living in, (laughs) they might not be living in three places like you are, but they're still just really overextending their geographical boundaries. So and not just geographic. I've learned now if we get a hoarder, I say no. I've had now two hoarding experiences and I should have learned after the first, but now it is just a rule. You know, if we get that kind of condition, it's not just the house. Chances are the dogs or the pets are suffering and everyone's going to suffer in that. So there's certain things that I will just say no to now. You know, you want to keep your dog in a garage. You're not for us, especially yeah. in Florida. Yeah. You only want us to come one visit every 24. Nope. Sorry. Can't do it. You're going to find somebody else. And I tell, you know, my employees now too, like we can be picky. We are at that point now where we've got a reputation and these dogs are, or animals are depending on us. So not just geographically picky, but also in regards to the clients that we're getting, we want it to be successful and it can only be successful if we're sticking to the type of clients that we want our ideal client, you know? If you could give yourself advice when you were doing 500 miles a day and, you know, three different places you're living in, what advice would you have given to yourself that like, you know, maybe a lesson that you wish that you grasped on a little bit quicker than it took? Probably just sticking, instead of going to that middle area, just sticking to building in my new area. And we didn't know exactly where we're going to move to, but we knew within probably a 10 mile, let's even say a seven mile radius. We knew the neighborhood we wanted to be in. Yeah. So maybe just focusing on that. But I did get a lot out of the experiences that I got in all those different places. Like, you know, you pick up stuff from every job that you do. So there was a lot that that was a big learning experience for me. A lot of different types of dogs. I mean, I had a German Shepherd that was territorial. I had a Puggle that liked to eat cat poop on walks. So there was definitely a lot. I was still so new. There was a lot of learning in that time. So I do appreciate what I went through with that because it was for the best for learning. You know, you tell people and I've seen you do it. I've, you know, you say it till you're blue in the face. There's so many things that you say, but until you experience it, you don't really know. Like, don't go outside of your boundary. Don't cut your, I was one of those that had cheaper visits because I wanted more clients. You know, and you tell people, just keep your prices up high. Don't go cheap. But when you're desperate, (laughs) so it's one of those things you just kind of have to do for yourself, you know, where you just kind of have to experience it. And I don't regret it. I mean, There was a few that hung on at those cheaper prices for a while, but as soon as they were gone for even a short amount of time, they came back. I'm like, I'm sorry, Charles, prices are different now. You know, (laughs) can't be doing those walks anymore. But yeah, I don't You're living this lifestyle. You're driving around. You're frazzled. You're stressed. What did that do to like your home life? It's gotten actually harder over time. Then there wasn't really, it was stressful that I wasn't bringing in as much money. Mm -hmm. but my wife's amazing. So she was really supportive. I mean, really supportive. We still went on our vacations twice a year. Like we were doing the driving was hectic. The dogs, our own dogs probably suffered the most from it just because they were away, you know, home alone longer, Uh but it wasn't that long. I'd say it was probably maybe six months that Mm -hmm. that happened. When you're in it, it's a long time, but six months in comparison to everything that we were doing And then we ended up in a beautiful place and a beautiful home. And it's just been like the business has grown so much. And people know me in so many different areas now because Mm -hmm. I've been connected in so many areas. So 
It wasn't too bad. The stress of the money and, you know, only one person's basically bringing in the money, that was hard. And the idea of having a child was definitely like, it wasn't even something we could talk about. We had said like, until I can bring in X amount, which I thought would be impossible, we weren't even going to consider having a child. And at that point, it didn't look like it was ever going to happen. And let me, let me ask that. you this. Because there was a crossroad at some point where you decided, and the reason why I want to have you on stay is because there's so many people out there, Carrie, that are doing that 500 miles a week and they're running themselves ragged and they're despising their business. Everyone around their life is just like, they don't even call them anymore because they're always working Uh, and they're just not living like their best life. And I watched from a separation here, I watched you online make this transitional jump faster than many that I've seen. And this is what I really want our listeners to hear about. And what I don't even, maybe you do, maybe you don't, maybe you like, I don't know if you understand how pivotal it was what you did. And so I'd like to think maybe part of the fire under your butt, I'm going to say was because you wanted to adopt or have a family and have a baby. For sure. And you had these, that you were so tightly connected to these personal why goals combined with your amazing supportive wife, who she's been, she's like your biggest cheerleader. I know that just from, you know, seeing you online and hearing what you guys do. It's amazing what you can do when you do have support like that. Tell me, when did you just say, you know what, enough is enough. I need to hire. And I'm going to go through the thick of it because hiring is not easy and figuring all that stuff out isn't easy. And then you go to Florida where you don't even have a state department of labor and you have the federal <laughs> department of labor. You know, like there was, I remember that conversation. There were so many <laughs> monkey wrenches, right? So yeah. can you take me back to that time and reflect on that for a minute and, and how you're able to get over that hump and your best advice for people that are in that conundrum. Because sometimes for you, it lasted six months, Carrie. But for others, it, it oh. lasts years. And there's yeah, I couldn't do to it. just get over that. So let's talk about that. Right. It definitely came in. My biggest motivation was wanting to be able to make having kids work, like to be able to have the baby and survive, <laughs> you know, yeah, right? care of the baby. I didn't know how we were going to do it. Like if we were going to do daycare or stay home or I never thought that I wouldn't be out on the road. I always originally thought I'm going to be doing it all by myself. Then I saw that wasn't possible. I tried the IC route. That didn't go well. I was Why didn't terrified. that go well? Let's talk about that for a minute. I sees, well, I have another business nearby, another pet sitting business, and we shared a lot of the same ICs. So when she would go out of town and I'd go out of town, like we went to a conference in Vegas together. Oh no, what are we going to do? Our ICs are maxed out between both of us. <laughs> so, and we're in two totally different areas. Yeah. You know, they're a good 30 minutes apart. So that made the IC selection was hard, was a small one, and we all shared them. Yeah. And listening to you and all the issues in Florida being one of the top ones that get audited for misclassifying employees. I was like, I was terrified of employees. I was terrified of paying payroll. I was terrified of workman's comp. I was terrified of having insurance and all of that stuff, which now it's like, <laughs> that's nothing. Like it's, it, it's, it's really like nothing. That, that monster that you think is in the closet, but it's really not in the closet, right? It's really like a coat. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I could never, I don't want to go through that. That was, I was just in my head. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through that. I'll just use ICs. And then I was like, um, no. And once I figured it out, I mean, I have an accountant who does all of my accounting. She does my payroll. It's awesome. And you know, I got the handbooks through you. So that made it really easy. And I've realized it's kind of like one of those things when you raise your prices, suddenly you have more clients. When you get more employees, suddenly you have more clients also. I don't know why it's just kind of like, you know, supply and demand. You have more employees, you get more clients. 
And since I've been beefing up on getting more employees, I've also been getting a lot more clients. Um, It's really amazing to take a step back for a second and think about for every one person you hire, that represents a possible, and it's different for everyone, but let's say a possible $30,000 increase in revenue for the business. And if you use that 30, 30, 40 method, that means, what did I just say? 30,000. So that means at least $9,000 for you. You just gave yourself a 9,000. You're looking at hiring someone and you're like, you're going to give me a $9,000 pay increase. All of a sudden it's not so scary, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. You got expenses and there are expenses. I mean, but when I look at it, like someone who owns a boarding facility, they have a business, like an actual you know, brick and mortar place to take care of. Not me. Like, I mean, yes, I have employees, but it could be worse. Like I could have a building or I could have electricity or just different things. Not the end of the world. Once I figured it out, it made it a lot more doable. And then I realized, okay, well, if we're going to do this and we're going to have the baby, then I need to definitely have employees. And it really started with like vacations. Okay. Well, I can go on a vacation and they can do this. Oh, well, that I remember your first, what was to let, let's talk about this. Like so, you're like me, you want to keep going forward and I keep trying to drag you back. A little <laughs> yeah, here. No, that's fine. So you got these employees and I think your very first vacation was to Costa Rica, right? It was like operation oh, yeah. Costa Rica. I, I want to go my on honeymoon. I think it was my honeymoon. Yeah. Cause was we it? got married in March. Yeah. It was my honeymoon a week in Costa Rica. And I had my first employee then actually I might've had two by that point. And I was like, you know, this is doable. Yeah. Costa Rica, we didn't have reception the whole time. So I was spotty when I could get on and actually work on the software and stuff. And they were still pretty new, but it worked. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it definitely worked. And even with the employees that I've had that have come and gone, they've filled a need at that mm-hmm. point. I don't mm-hmm. regret, even if I've had any issues with any, again, I don't regret any of it because yeah. they've filled what I needed them for. So when it worked with them, I was like, okay, well, and then I said, when I get to this amount of visits per day, then I know I don't need to do visits anymore because I'm making enough mm-hmm. to cover my basics, yeah. you know? So once I got to that amount, and that was like before March this year. Yeah. After March this year, I like doubled what I needed to get to, which was awesome. That yeah, is so it was awesome. cool. So yeah. So, so we, one thing so I'm hearing right now is that your mindset, your mindset is strong, Carrie. Is that something yeah. that you work on or practice or do you think it's because you have support in your life? You've had your struggles with employees. You've had your instances <laughs> like we all have. But for some reason, I also see like as a coach on the outside, I see the people that really survive and thrive like you are, are the people that adopt, I can do it mentality or okay, I learned from Definitely. it like you've said here. And you're not like, oh my gosh, this happened. I can never hire another person again because it just doesn't work. So how do you fight those demons? And I don't know what them? it is with, like when I was teaching, I would come across people who were miserable in their job. And yeah. we, I worked for a school and it got bought out by another company. It was a charter school. And they were miserable and they were like, but I can't leave. And I'm like, well, why? If you're miserable, leave. Oh, but this and that, man, I hightailed out of there. I got another job and I was done. Like you don't stick around when you're not happy. You know, you do the, I'm the type of person where you make that change because if you don't, then you're just going to be stuck there. And I refuse to be stuck in anything. If you have a goal to do something, you got to figure it out because if you don't, it's never going to happen. Nobody else is going to do it for you. That right there is going to be where we make a graphic off of one of your quotes of what you said. 
what you just said right there was so powerful. People need to hear this stuff. They need to hear that they can do it and take it. So let's take you up to when you got Bodie and when you came to Arizona where you got him and how fast that all happened and how you went from like, I mean, most people get nine months to like, get like, I'm going to have a baby. We're going to get a nursery to get, you're like, uh, you got a call and all of a sudden here we are. You're going to get a baby. Come to Arizona and pick up this adorable baby. Tell me what that was like personally <laughs> and with the business. So we had literally a month. It was September when Hurricane Irma hit. And that's when we started preparing for becoming approved for adoption. We got approved for adoption three weeks after the hurricane. They normally said expect six months to a year for you to get matched and to have a baby, you know, end up with a baby. So it was less than 30 days from when we were home study approved to when our lawyer called us and said, we have a baby in Arizona. You know, we're hoping that you can get picked. We weren't picked, but it ended up working out. We still got him. They couldn't tell us for sure if we were going to get him. So we had a week of me saying, I need to be ready. If this happens and the, you know, he ends up that we can adopt him, I need to be ready. Even though we didn't know if it was going to happen, I was like, I need to have everything ready. They called us on a Wednesday and said, he's good to go. He's in the NICU. Come and meet him. When they were like, do you want us to wait until the end of the week? I was like, no, we were there. We were in Arizona by 8 a.m. on Thursday, the next day. And I mean, both of our businesses completely, my wife had to put her business on hold and me just, my business just kept on chugging. I mean, I'm sitting in the NICU running out, you know how this is, running out because there's no cell phone in there to answer calls from new clients, sending them over to, thankfully I had another business and that's always amazing to have another business nearby that runs the same software as me. And she was able to totally jump in and I'm like, Hey, Jennerice, can you please call this new client? So it was amazing. I mean, definitely having, you know, those relationships are insane and great, but yeah, so we got him and we ended up being there for 10 days because you have to wait to leave the state until you get the all clear. So we had not even a week's notice, a day's notice. We were there for 10 days and now I'm home with a brand new baby, (laughs) you know, a newborn, which in and of itself is insanity. That's amazing. (laughs) We didn't even have a baby room. It's just, it's amazing. it's been really cool to watch you. And I want the mompreneurs out there to know that you can do it. You can have it all. Balance is a mythical unicorn that does not exist. There is no such thing as balance. You just make it all work. <laughs> and yeah. can you tell me about the hurricane real quick? Cause that hurricane Irma that came through and just wiped out everything. You guys were on generators for how long? Five and days a week, something like that. It was five tell, days. Tell me us. about the, how your business like adjusted through that and what that was like. And I still keep going back and looking at my numbers from month to month. Cause I, I run that chart on my software and September and October are just like rock bottom. They're so low. And I mean, I had overnights scheduled that were canceled, thousand dollar overnights canceled, you know, everything was canceled. Those that were out of town, we had to adjust to, cause we're on, when you're, there's a hurricane, you're on curfew. So you yep. can't leave your house over 24 hours. So, you know, prepping that, I had my friend that owns the other business. She was jumping in and helping my clients too that were closer to her, getting things off the balcony, you know, prepping because when there's the wind and stuff for people who are already out of town, you've got to make sure that nothing's going to fly through a window. So prepping was one thing. And then also making sure you have emergency contacts ready. 
And that's something we go over now, just going into summer. You know, if there's a hurricane, what do you want to do? Biking. There's some that I told them, hey, you're close enough. I can bike to you. I might not be able to actually drive out to you because we literally had trees down in the middle of the road to where we couldn't even drive out of our neighborhood. We had a few that the fences broke. And so the dogs, if we let them out, they would have been running loose. Yeah. It, it was definitely, most of the people canceled. The few that didn't, we had to find ways to contact emergency contacts or whoever to get in there and take care of them for those, you know, that 48 hour curfew that we had. And then after that, people still didn't go on vacation because their houses weren't secured. I mean, yeah. we had over $50,000 in damage in our house alone. Wow. Other wow. people, I mean, their, their screens were destroyed. Their fences yeah. were destroyed. So it was hard. It was an adjustment, yeah. but we and then it all back came up. back, right? It all came back. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, kind of nervous. We're going back into that right now, um, hoping we don't end up with anything. Well, Carrie, how can people look you up if they want to check out your business? My website is I Care and the Number Four Pets dot com. So it's I Care the Number Four Pets dot com. It is also I Care for Pets on Facebook. My Instagram. I believe it's at I Care for Pets FL. I know that one was a little harder to get. Apparently, somebody in Australia has the same name as me. But yeah, it's all I Care for Pets, the number four. Awesome. We have a pretty active Facebook page. Cool. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story. It's so dynamic, but it's also inspiring. And I just really, really appreciate it. You guys, if you saw or heard this episode, I want you to go back and find where you saw it posted and go ahead and shoot Carrie a love message and tell her thanks for sharing her time here. Tell us what your takeaway is from hearing Carrie's story. We'd love to hear it. Don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen. And remember, when life gets tough, Always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.